when we begin to pare things down, performance is really removing what's unnecessary and focusing on what is absolutely essential to move the needle. And that's really the microcosm of racing, right? Incremental gains, stacking pennies. How do we get another half a horsepower? How do we get a little, you know, a few less counts of drag? How do we get a couple tenths or a tenth or two on a pit stop? And all of that begins to sack. So really performance is a mindset. When we look at it, Welcome to the Legacy Roadmap Podcast, your ultimate guide for creating a lasting legacy as an entrepreneur. Whether you're an ambitious entrepreneur or a seasoned business owner, our podcast offers insightful conversations with successful entrepreneurs and experts who have navigated the path of legacy creation. We explore topics that matter to you, personal responsibility, financial growth, leadership, and succession planning. Our goal? to equip you with practical insights and strategies that help you transition from simply running your business to building a legacy. Join us each week as we delve into purposeful discussions aimed at positively impacting future generations. Your journey towards leaving a lasting legacy starts right here, right now. Let's dive in. Does your business serve homeowners? If so, you need to know about HOA.com, the number one referral network for professionals who serve homeowners. And we're looking for quality contractors and home service pros that we can recommend and refer to homeowners in your area. Not only will you get promoted on the HOA.com website, you'll get business from other certified pros and premier pros in your market. These people serve homeowners every day, so we help you build referral partnerships that keep referrals coming to your business for years to come. Go to HOA.com slash pro now and get started. Are you an entrepreneur or business owner? If so, you need to know about the Achieve Systems Business Building Membership. We are one of the best referral-based communities that wants to refer you. We help generate you thousands of leads per year. We also provide you an incredible mentorship program that has won many awards. We don't stop there. We have 60 plus opportunities to take your business to the next level, like authoring and publishing books and many, many more. Go to AchieveSystemsPro.com and get started today. Do you want to make more money in your business? Most business owners focus on building revenue. That's not enough. Building profits is what feeds your family, and almost no business owner understands how to build profit without building revenue. I can show you with near-perfect accuracy the exact business growth strategies that will generate the most revenue for your business in the shortest amount of time, focused on building profit. Learn more at bizlife.coach. Our guest this week is a speaker, coach, and expert team strategist. Matt Clark's focus on the neuroscience of beliefs, coupled with his experience as a NASCAR championship pit crew chief, Today's guest is a speaker, coach, and expert team strategist. His focus on the neuroscience of beliefs, coupled with his experience as a NASCAR championship pit crew coach for drivers Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson, gives him a unique perspective on mindset and performance. Matt Clark understands the challenges of imposter syndrome, developing leaders, building teams, and achieving results in an extremely competitive environment. His passion to help high performers build a championship mindset as well as helping build business leaders develop teams that drive performance. 
Matt Clark and Robert talk about performance and the power of a team. Execution and performance in sports or in business comes down to the process, systems, checklists, and how the team practices. The most important part of execution is knowing the result that you want and be willing to remove the unnecessary to improve the process. Most people don't get the results that they want because they don't measure the right gains in the process. Well, Matt, I appreciate you coming on the show today. Just looking forward to a great conversation. I am stoked to be hanging out with you today, Robert. Yeah. Well, Matt, obviously there's multiple layers for this one for me because I'm uh, I'm obviously an entrepreneur coach, business coach, love, love entrepreneurs, but I also love NASCAR. And uh, I'm a NASCAR chaplain at our local NASCAR track here. So I've been involved uh, with motor racing outreach and uh, love the sport that you've had the privilege to work in. So I'm just excited in multiple ways. So we have, which I did not realize, a connection. So my wife worked for MRO, Billy Malden, uh, that entire crew. I had the opportunity to hang out with the MRO folks for years on pit road during my 15-year career in NASCAR. So uh, faith is important to me. Legacy is important to me. Impact is important to me. So I'm really stoked to have a quick conversation, no pun intended, a pit stop on legacy. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm excited to spend some time, Robert. Thank you. Well, you got to tell me a little bit about your wife and Billy, because Billy's a friend and we've had multiple conversations. So yeah, I'm going to be reaching out right after this and saying, hey, Billy. <laughs> uh, Billy's a good guy. So my wife worked uh, on and off for almost eight to 10 years with MRO, what her job was. She was the, the way I, I frame it up, is the at-home chaplain for the ladies. So she was like the ladies minister for all of the crew members whose husbands traveled. She organized the wives, did a monthly social, ran their annual caution event, which is their massive event, three, 400 ladies uh, every year that get together, kind of recharge, help each other out. So she was the glue that held these folks together. So while I was getting kind of Billy and the MRO, MRO crew on Sundays, she was, sometimes they would do race watches together. So they would get at a location, sometimes at Charlotte Motor Speedway, Marcus and the entire group there was awesome, would let them have a place. They'd watch the TV, bring the kids. So it was really fun because you have Penske, Hendrick, Gibbs, whomever, you know, the teams that were represented all the families were cheering and the other folks were like, oh, you just wrecked us. So it was a fun dynamic for her. But yeah, that was a great, great deal. And, and MRO has been so integral to a lot of spiritual growth for folks uh, within NASCAR. They've supported the families um, during tragic times, during some hard family times. So what MRO is doing uh, is, is really amazing. And I appreciate that you're a chaplain at your local track and involved with MRO in that capacity. Love that. So Tell me a little bit about what leg legacy means to you, Matt, to you and your family. Yeah, so legacy is a powerful word. And I think when, when I process that and I look at it is legacy is what? What we want to be known for? What do we want to be remembered for? What impact, what mark do we want to leave in this world? And for me, legacy means I want to be known as a Christ follower, I want to be known as a man who loved his wife, loved his family, um, and a man who was authentic, transparent, and real. Mm -hmm. So 
when I leave this world, when God calls me home, when it's time to transition and he knows when that is, I want my legacy to be something that that I can be proud of, that the good Lord is proud of, that my family's proud of, and that my friends can enjoy and celebrate. And I'm leaving a legacy. I'm leaving. And see, to me, legacy is, is tangible, right? Legacy is sometimes we look at what is your legacy? And it's this kind of abstract thing. But to me, legacy is tangible. How am I imparting my DNA, my legacy DNA into my kids, into my family, into my workplace? How am I leaving it? And that's really what legacy is. It's your aroma. It's your fragrance that you leave around people, among people, and how you impact their lives. Wow, I love that. That's that's fantastic. So let's talk a little bit about the work situation. Obviously involved in NASCAR for for many years. Let's talk about that role and, and and what you were doing. So it's a God thing. So obviously we're a little faith centric here. So people will definitely dial into what's happening. The quick backstory. I'm going to try to give you my quick my story quick. I grew up in a a family business. So I'm a blue collar entrepreneur, third generation contractor, etc. Long story short, we moved from Connecticut to North Carolina, the NASCAR capital of the world, and didn't even know there was, you know, we followed NASCAR, but I watched stick and ball sports on Sundays, et cetera. So we knew about the King, Richard Petty, and some NASCAR races. But when you move to Charlotte, North Carolina, like it is the sport of choice. This is the hotbed, um, the headquarters of all things NASCAR. So I'm a lifetime learner. I have a degree in communication, so I went back to a community college just to take a few uh, courses in motorsports. I met an auto work crew chief, and um, we just became fast friends. So no pun intended there either. But a year later, after hanging out, I knew what he did. I knew he was an auto work crew chief, but I wasn't a super geeky race fan in some respects. Like I was a fan of the sport. Um, I was like, we, we just hung out. So. Our friendship was just based on true friendship. A year later, he calls me and I'm working for a construction company. He's like, hey, I know your background as a coach and athletic director. I'd like for you to come and train our pit crews. I took a job at, uh, matter of fact, you, you're probably familiar with this, Kenny Wallace's 63 Lance car, Rensing Motorsports. So we had a couple trucks, Randy Tolsma, and we had uh, Kenny, Kenny Wallace. So um, I went to work there. And three weeks into that job, you know, he's like, I want you to coach and, and train our pit crews. I ended up, we needed a jack man. I learned how to jack a car, taught myself. Some other folks helped me. Three weeks into my NASCAR career, I'm over the wall at Myrtle Beach. The rest is history. A year later, um, I connected with someone from Hendrick Motorsports at Pikes Peak, of all places, at a truck race. Hey, that racetrack is like an hour from my house. Like. <laughs> Yeah, so I met someone there, and about six months later, I get a call like, hey, you know, good talking to you. Love to have you come and interview for a pit coaching job at Hendrick Motorsports for Jeff, Jimmy, Terry Labonte, Joe Nemechek, uh, Ricky Hendrick. And that's how my career started, really at the highest level in 2002. And I spent almost 15 years, really 11 years on the team level and three years at Fox Sports 1. Um, doing some um, NASCAR uh, as an analyst and some NASCAR broadcasting, et cetera. So that's my NASCAR journey. I have since stepped away from the sport or the sport stepped away from me, however you want to call it. Um, I went back into the trades for a while. I'm, I'm, I'm serving now 
as a, a coach and speaker. So that's what I do. I help folks scale, build and scale their businesses. And I work with CEOs and team uh, and, and, and organizations to build high performance teams, as well as I speak and keynote around the topics of mindset, culture, execution, and communication. Man, I just, I love that. So obviously one of my sponsors is HOA.com and they're reaching all the trades, businesses, home service providers that are, that are serving homeowners across the country. And so the trades is another, another space that has a place in my heart. Um, having come from ministry, seeing the power of home, basically having people have a home and people that take care of people in their home. Um, so that's another valuable <laughs> connection. Um, between us. So let's talk a little bit about coaching performance for pit crews. I don't even want to get into being a jack man because that's just crazy. Like jumping over the wall, carrying a jack, that's like the hardest job on the crew, I think. And uh, at least from my point of view. Right. <laughs> so good job surviving that. Um, right. But let's talk about performance and, and what it means to to work with a group of men and women now that are, that are jumping over the wall to change four tires, put gas in a car in under 12 seconds. So there are so many parallels to from pit road to business tight margins, working with teams, processes and systems, checklists, all of those things transfer from pit road to business. So that's the connection on the business side, but, just like any other sport, a pit crew is a team. I just happened to coach the X's and O's of guys who go over the wall, change tires, fuel the car. When I was a baseball coach, we talked about the infielders, the outfielders, the batting practice, all of those things, the stick and ball things. So it's the same thing. So I coach those guys. I learned every position and I coach them. So it's interesting. I'm doing a presentation in Arizona, not too far from now. But we're talking about championship execution and what does that look like? And it's about the right people in the right place, having the right metrics, checking on the metrics, and then providing a pathway for improvement. And that's what a pit stop is, right? In a nutshell, when we talk about Kaizen or Six Sigma, the lean process, it's removing everything that is unnecessary. So as a high performer, and if we follow Benjamin Hardy's 10X is easier than 2X, right, mindset, him and Dan Sullivan, when we begin to pare things down, performance is really removing what's unnecessary and focusing on what is absolutely essential to move the needle. And that's really the microcosm of racing, right? Incremental gains, stacking pennies. How do we get another half a horsepower? How do we get a little, you know, a few less counts of drag? How do we get a couple tenths or a tenth? or two on a pit stop, and all of that begins to sack. So really performance is a mindset. When we look at it, what type of mindset do you have, and are you operating at a high level, and do you have a high of a high mindset? Oh, love that. Literally just was on LinkedIn chatting with Dr. Hardy's team, I'm sure, but uh, he's sending me a case of 10X is greater than 2X. What a great book. And what a great idea, right? The idea of it, when you make a 2X decision, it doesn't force any change. But when you make a 10X decision, it narrows the options and, and you make better choices. And so 
love that idea. I mean, and remove the unnecessary. I think about like billionaires focus on the thing that they're the best at. Like they're they're the only one that can do that one thing, and 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 they avoid all the unnecessary waste of time, waste of energy. Um, they do big deals in airplanes and other places, but they're doing those things because they're, they're, they're not wasting time. <laughs> they're not bringing in 10,000 people having 12 meetings about a decision. They're making a decision and making a deal and avoiding all of the unnecessary. So I love that. Re remove the unnecessary. And I, I mean, obviously like performance for a pit crew and a NASCAR team as a whole is it's the minute details, right? It's, it's down to the tenths of a second, hundreds of a second in, in every aspect of, and of course now with technology, we know so much more about how much fuel they got in the car, how much, right. you know, they, they know everything, right? <laughs> they know every detail about the car. I mean, I'm, I'm sure pretty soon we're going to be able to know how many times the lug nut turned with, with the drill and, 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 and of course that's been a whole nother issue the last couple of years, but right. <laughs> yeah. Um, stacking gains. I love, I just love that. Right. If we, if we measure it, we can change it or improve it. Right. And so that's based in Pearson's law. Pearson's law is this, what gets measured gets improved. What gets measured, what gets improved and what's reported back on gets improved exponentially. So for us, we always made our KPIs, our accountabilities public. So you knew across the teams that we coached, across the individuals, hey, the 24 team, they did a 12-5. The 48 team, they did a 12-47. The 5 team, they did a 12-10. So we had all the rankings for the team. But within that, each individual, front tire changer, rear tire changer, jackman, 20, 25 different metrics that we measured – so the front tire changers knew like, okay, for front tire changers, how quick did I get to the car? How quick did I get around the car? How many times, did, how many lug nuts did I hit? How, you know, how fast was my exchange? So we went through every position. So what gets measured gets improved, but I'm huge on public accountability. And this is just based on my experience all these years on pit road. When you walk up to the board and you see like, man, I, I, I'm outside of the, um, benchmarks of where I should be, I've got to step up and I've got to get my job done. So performance at the highest level, and I'm going to, I'm going to do it by my, by my mic is the difference between, and that was probably 1.2 seconds, right? I did a snap of the fingers, right? That difference is a difference between working at the highest level or not working at all. Right. People are like, oh, no, that's crazy. It's not. So if you're a pit crew that does 12-second pit stops all day or you're a pit crew that does 13-second pit stops day, a day or 11-second pit stops, who do you think's working? So the tight margins, the performance, it is uber, uber tight. And that's where even when we start looking at, you know, at businesses, what is your bottom line? What is the net profit? We're looking at your P&L. We're doing a deep dive there. What does that look like? How do we increase it? What are the things that we need to do to make you more efficient as an organization? We'll be right back after this short break. Do you need an increase in revenue? We help business owners find 
100K in 90 days and create a roadmap for implementation. There's no pressure, just a chance to get some assistance and clarity. Scheduling is easy. Simply visit ownitcall.com and select a time that works for you. It's time for you to focus on doubling the 20% that creates 80% of your revenue. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. Oh, so powerful. And and that idea, right? I mean, obviously racing is a pretty elite sport in comparison to to football where there's 32 teams and each team has 25 players. You know, a, a NASCAR team has one driver nationwide. There's there's 40 teams even less now, you know, with the charters and that means there's <laughs> there's 40 teams for you to have a chance to get on a pit crew and like you said, the five crew members that can do that the fastest are going to be the ones working at that elite level. And, right. and that's, that's it. There's no other, I mean, you know, there's the next level down or the next level down and, and then there's the unemployment line or you're at the snack shack cooking hamburgers because you're not on a pit crew anymore. Right. I mean, yeah. 200, what, if I do my math, right. 40 times five, 200 positions. Yeah. And, and so that's pretty limited. And obviously each one has a specialty. So there's, you know, there's 40 front tire changers, there's 40 rear right. tire changers and 40 Jackman. And, and that's, that's, that's all there is. That's the only opportunity. Um, and so people talk about it. It's interesting how NASCAR is kind of the not sport sport, but mo- some of the most athletic people in the world are on the cruise and they're unheard of, right? They're, they don't get the recognition that the drivers get. They don't get the, the acknowledgement and the kudos and and yet they're probably some of the hardest working people <laughs> in that right. sport. Hundred percent. Now listen, I'm going to be very transparent. It is driver centric, right? The sport is driver centric. We can all agree on that. They get the deals. They're behind the wheel. They're the folks doing 200 down the front stretch, 210. They run the risk of losing their life. Okay. Not to say other people can't get injured, right? So so I get that. But again, it is a team effort. And a NASCAR pit stop is one of the few sports plays in which if you lose time, you can't get it back. And, I, you know, as I go through sports and I talk through, I'm like, okay, so if someone breaks a tackle, maybe the safety runs them down. If the pitcher makes a that guy goes yard, maybe we can rob the home run. But once we burn time, we can't get time back. And on a pit crew, we're only as fast as our weakest link or our slowest person. So there's this push for performance to, to be at the highest level every pit stop. So there's no room when you're running up front, when you're running for wins, when you're running for championships, there's no room to kick back and take it easy. Because if that's happening, that means either you're wrecked, you're many laps down, so you're not going to be impactful in the race, or you realize we're just not a top-tier team. So what's a parallel in business? Are we going to sit back, coast, relax, or are we going to be a top-tier team and perform at our highest level? And what does that mean? Right people, right seat. Measuring the metrics, doing the things that we need to do to be the best version of our organization that we can be. Well, and I, and I love that because there's, there's a lot of things in business that, that 
people either avoid or just don't want to do or don't want to practice like practicing a sales call, practicing a podcast and making it better and improving, practicing your public speaking. Uh, some, of, some of these elements in business that a business owner avoids in a lot of cases. And, and that's the reality of when you lean into those things and you get the reps in, you get the 10,000 hours in, that's, that's when you move up into that top tier level and you start getting top tier credentials. So I, I had to, as a coach, and I've been a coach for over 30 years, I've been coaching athletes forever, coaching business owners, CEOs, high performers for years. I did a TEDx talk earlier this year. Nice. I had to put myself, if I was coaching someone to do this, I, I did that presentation to as many people that would listen. I got as uncomfortable as I could get for any talk I've ever done. So this is a great story. I was meeting my son's um, girlfriend's parents for the first time. So I'm like, hey, we're going to have you over for dinner. Great. You know, we went over to the house for dinner. I'm like, okay, listen, just got to meet you guys. And we kind of knew them through a. We went to church together, but didn't know each other. But I'm like, can I do my TED TEDx talk for you? I need to practice it. And listen, when you're sitting with five people five feet away and you're doing a timed 10-minute talk from memory, I was uncomfortable. But I now can say when people are like, hey, doing the TEDx talk, I'm like, okay, this is how I did it. This is what I would do different. This is how I feel like when I do another one, it's going to be better. So as high performers, yes, like we have to stretch ourselves and growth comes in the uncomfortable. And what I find, when, particularly in finances, maybe you see this, people do not want to look at their finances. It's the ostrich approach. So I'm like, okay, let's break out the P&L. Oh, man. Oh, um, okay, well, we got to get to the bottom. But where are we spending our money? What does our net profit look like? Because business owners are notorious for we market, we sell, we execute, do the work. And then if there's money in the account, we do payroll or pay ourselves and we do it all over again. But we never do a deep look at what's happening, where we're spending money, how we're spending money, what's our marketing ROIs, et cetera. So that's why the numbers, like all that data that we crunch on the race team is the same data, is, is the same methodology, but a different data set. It all moves the needle. And it's so powerful, right? Because one of the the work I do now is is leaning into the profit and loss statement, leaning into number of leads, number of calls, all that same data and the compounding effect, right? Of if I can get a client one more lead and one more close and one more, just, just you know, incremental improvements, right? A 5% improvement on your number of leads, a 5% improvement on your number of conversions, a 5% has the compounding effect of, Right. And, and the same happens with the NASCAR team, right? The compounding effect. Well, it's easier to look at a, of a mistake, right? And on the pit crew, you mentioned one guy slows down, the, the, misses one lug nut and has to go back and hit that lug nut again. That compounding effect in loss of time impacts, right. impacts the entire team. And of course, impacts the race because now you've lost that time. Right. And, and, and the numbers are the numbers matter. <laughs> and, and, and when you start measuring the right numbers and help the business owner focus on the 20 percent that's generating that 80 percent in the bank, right. that's that's how you can move the numbers. So helping a business owner shift that 20 percent to 21 percent 
has a compounding effect on the 80% and actually increases it exponentially when, right. when you really start paying attention to the right numbers. And I, so I love the way you're describing that because it's so, it's so powerful and so many business owners avoid that. <laughs> and yet right. it's so, the one thing that can make the biggest difference. Right. So we preach this way and I preach this math is the path and the data don't lie. <laughs> and this is like, I took a year of accounting in college but I'm going to be very transparent. Like I am not the numbers nerd guru. I love spreadsheets. I love all of that stuff. As a business coach, I've worked hard to really understand and dive deep. And I make all of the folks that I work with understand their profit and loss because it's something early on that I just kind of shunned away from. And once you begin to work with folks to understand their profit and loss, to build a budget for the upcoming year, they're like, oh, it's not as bad as I thought. Because here's where I geek, and I spent a lot of my time understanding the brain science, brain science performance, belief systems, et cetera. Our, our brain will make a story in lieu of data or information. Well, so what, if our brain if our brain doesn't know something, all of a sudden it's freaking out. Like, I, like I don't know if I'm going to make payroll. Like, I don't want to look at the bills. Like, I've got $20,000, I think, in credit card debt. When we do a debt schedule and everything's on the table, your brain is like, okay, here is the story because your brain is linear, right? It needs the input. Now you can create a path to success. What do I need to do? How much more do I need to sell? What do I need to sell? Do I need to, I've got four new vehicles. We're using three. We're not going to get capacity. Do I sell that? Do I add that to my cash flow? Okay, now you're starting to think creatively. But when you're gummed up and you're like not looking at your numbers, you cannot make solid business decisions. Uh, Matt, that is so, so powerful. And and it's it is it is the, I love how the, the brain science lines up with the avoidance, right? Your brain is making up stories that are stressing you out, causing you to make poor decisions on top of the fact that you're making decisions without the data, which cause you to make even poorer decisions. And you wonder why your business is struggling. And you're beating yourself up at night and not sleeping at night because your brain's making up these stories that are making things even worse than they, the reality. And so getting to those numbers and actually looking at the numbers and starting to understand them. I had the same problem. I came, I came from ministry. I came from a faith background. I'm really great in personal growth. I love helping people grow character, mindset, all of those pieces. But business owners need help in the money. So I had to do the same thing. I had to learn the PL statement. I had to learn where the profit's coming from. I had to learn ways to help them grow profit and revenue without right. killing themselves because they think, oh, the only way I can get more revenue or get more profit is the worst one. Only way I can get more profit is by working harder and doing more. And, and that's the exact opposite of what they probably need to be doing in most cases. Right. So what happens is based on that, we make emotional decisions because we don't have data to make factual decisions. And then we're stuck. And, and so when I talk to my folks, I'm like, listen, this is how we're going to make money. We're going to raise prices, reduce expenses or increase efficiency. That's 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 how we make that's how we make money. So money. So now we look at our P&L. We're running net negative. Right. Which is an oxymoron, but net negative. Right. And, and, uh, and we're like, OK, how are we going to change that? What does that look like? What does our top of funnel look like? So. It's an, it's an analytical or systematic approach to understanding what's happening in your business. And the, the bottom line is this. People are just afraid. 
because they don't know what they don't know. And we all need a coach. We all need a Sherpa, right? Now, back to the ministry, just trust God. And listen, I grew up in the church, so I'm just going to trust the Lord. I'm just going to trust the Lord. Okay, that's great. But you know what? And I had this conversation with someone not too long ago. God is a God of order. God is a God of discipline. God is a God of structure. Although he is a creator, right? And we are creatives and we have the ability to create because I was a reckless giver growing up. I was a reckless giver early in our marriage. My wife will tell you stories of me giving away grocery money. Now, I don't do that for a pat on the back because I look back in hindsight, I should have incorporated my wife more into the giving. I should have been more cognizant because I believe while God blessed that and I'm storing up and I believe what you sow is what you reap because he understood my heart. But God also blesses when you are systematic about saving, when you're systematic about tithing, when you're systematic about giving and you do it with discipline. Right. Was was the Bible say, like, does a man build a house without considering basically how you build it and the materials necessary to build it? It's the same thing with our finances. So as business owners, getting folks back on track, know your numbers and from your numbers, you can make all other decisions. That's so good. And obviously it applies to non-business owners too, right? Oh, I heard like my understanding is less than 8% of Americans have a budget and live by a budget and understand, understand their numbers. And, um, and of course, you know, we, we got a whole epidemic of, of credit card debt and <laughs> overuse of, you know, other, other resources, like you said, net negative, we're running in the net negative right. and many families, including our government are running in the net negative. So well, government's running in the gross negative. So it's even worse, but. Correct. <laughs> we, 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 we've made debt. Okay. And we made massive debt acceptable. And again, right. I, I, I'm just, we, we don't have to stay here, right. but I'm really cognizant of what am I trying to measure up to? Right. And I think we have to ask ourselves those hard questions. Do is my house a reflection of who I want people to think I am or who I really am? Mm. Because if you're successful and you can afford a million dollar home and it's all relative. Right. For Elon Musk, a ten million dollar home is relative to his income. But a $2 million home to someone making $200,000 a year is exponentially disproportionate. So, again, this is not to knock. If you're that person and you've got a great rate and you can make the payment. But you know what I'm saying? It's like we're living and I'm trying to, even at my age, like live within my means and below my means. Absolutely. So I, I'm just I'm just more content. Well, for me, it just allows me to give more, right? Instead of, I don't need to have some of these wasteful things in my life. It allows me to contribute to right. causes that are important to me and support missionaries and, and other things that, that, that are important to me without being giving away my grocery money. <laughs> so, right. so yeah, making, I think that applies to, to those choices as well. I think, you know, wanting to take, wanting to make wise choices in and do things in a, in a house of order. I love that, you know, Trust God, absolutely, but you got to do the work. <laughs> See, and that, that's really a T-shirt. Trust God, but do the work. Trust right. God, but do the work. Yeah, and I mean, it applies to evangelism. It applies to you know sharing the truth about you know our 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 experience with God as much as it applies to 
you know, our character and, and, and living out the role of as a parent, right? The, the legacy as a parent isn't just, you know, leaving my kids a bunch of money. It's, it's leaving my kids the character to handle it. And, and that required discipline and that required <laughs> taking action. You can't be an absentee parent. And so right. Matt, I, I sure appreciate you taking the time today. This has been a, a wonderful conversation. I really enjoy the impact that you're making. We end each episode with a guest sharing their words of wisdom. So for the entrepreneurs listening, what would you share, Matt? I would say this, um, and I'm living here right now, just kind of in my own study, quiet time, even my research is I want to make sure I live a life with no regrets. And I'm, I'm studying a little bit regret. So, and regret comes short term from um, actions that we do, long term from inaction. So I would encourage you, if you don't want to have regret, is to take massive, courageous action because the science proves out in the long term, for the most part, folks have regrets for things they did not do as opposed to things that they did do. So be a person of action, be a person of integrity, and let me leave you with that. I'm going to leave you with two. Make sure that you're developing your own personal core values. Mine align with who I was as a pit coach, and I live by this, purpose, impact, transformation, P-I-T. I want to be a purpose of impact. I want, to, I, want to be, I want to be a person of purpose, have purpose, be on purpose, create impact, and help myself transform and others transform transform themselves. So that's what I'm leaving you with. It's been a great pit stop. Fun hanging out with you, Robert, and your crew. Matt, thanks so much, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank you for tuning into this episode, brought to you by the power of intentional decisions that lead to massive action. These aren't just buzzwords. They're qualities that can help you take control of your life and build a successful six or seven figure business. To support you on this journey, we're offering one of our most popular books, Fish Out Leads In, 52 Fresh Ideas for Lead Generation. You can download it free at enjoybizlife.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please show us some love by liking, subscribing, and leaving a review. But most importantly, share it with someone who needs to hear it. In our next episode, David Breyer and Robert chat about the power of a personal brand. Why do most businesses get branding wrong? How are you unique? What makes you different? Why should people care? The marketplace is so crappy and full of noise, and most businesses just keep adding more distractions rather than rising above it with a brand.